0: I don't know how they decide the seeding. I have no idea how they decide who's a 1 seed and who's a 16 seed and who's a 4 seed and who's a 12. Does any of it matter? FAU beats Tennessee. Gonzaga pulls it out over UCLA. Michigan State was basically a heartbeat away from beating Kansas State. What in the world is going on in this March Madness tournament, this is nuts, and the Sweet 16 has not shown any signs of slowing down. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us right now. He is the voice of sports in Indiana, Ninety-three-five-one-zero-seven-five. The fan, you've got Gonzaga to win it all, and you got lucky, my friend, against UCLA. Lucky. What the hell was yesterday all about?
1: Well, I thought it was all about the end of the game. Well, first of all, in the first half, Gonzaga really didn't show up and Gonzaga didn't play the style of, of game in which we have grown accustomed to in the past, certainly this year, and UCLA took them out of everything because UCLA put the offensive pressure on them. But UCLA in the second half, Tony, if you watch that, went 11-plus minutes without scoring from the field. Uh, Gonzaga took that lead back 13 at the half. Then Gonzaga was up 10 with a minute and a half, couple of minutes to go, and just started gagging. I mean, they had a guard, Malachi Smith, uh, on a press against UCLA that thought, I'm assuming, thought Mick Cronin in a blue suit was uh, one of his uh, players from Gonzaga, threw it to him, went out of bounds. Uh, You saw Jaime Haquez go and one a couple of different times. And then, you know, ultimately UCLA took the lead, and you saw Julian Strother, you know, coming out of the timeout for Gonzaga down one. Go basically just past the half court line in a play that evidently Mark Few, the head coach of Gonzaga, drew up to give him the option either to drive to the basket or to pull up and shoot a 35 foot three. And he picked, uh, I guess, B. I'm going to shoot this 35 foot three and buried it. And uh, that, that was that. Gonzaga did get lucky, Tony, because they gagged up a lot of possessions in that final two minutes. Normally, under those circumstances, against a UCLA team that good, you're not going to survive that. But, yeah, Gonzaga got incredibly fortunate. Now they go to the regional final game out in Vegas against UConn coming tomorrow.
0: By the way, I think UConn looks very, very good. They do, I buddy. Mean, they do. They didn't, just, they didn't just beat Arkansas. 88-65. to That is a dispatching. That's like, yeah. why are you in my way? Can we get on to something serious here? Um, were they seated wrong? Is, is it clear that, that they were a much better team than maybe people realized as they came into this?
1: I mean, you could make an argument of that, I guess. But at the same time, I think what we've seen from UConn is the best balance of any team. So far, What I mean by that is the best balance in scoring and defense with what they have. Um, They've just been really good. And, and Tony, I think we also have to remember that over the course of the season, they went through a couple of different phases, a long win streak and then a lengthy losing streak to get back on track. So this team, is what I'm trying to say, has always had it in them. They probably were deserving of the seeding that they ultimately got, but this is what they have shown in this tournament. The best balance, offensively and defensively, out of anybody, and that will be a huge test. And again, check out Gonzaga and UConn tomorrow night. It's about the guard play for Gonzaga because you know what you're going to do with Drew Timmy. You saw Mick Cronin of UCLA, Tony. He didn't double Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy went crazy uh, until the end of the game when they tried to get the ball out of his hands. But it's going to be about the guards from Gonzaga. And Mark Few went with Malachi Smith late, a guy off the bench, not with his starters in Bol- Bolton and Hickman, which paid dividends too. So there's going to be an interesting matchup, but nobody has played better to this point than UConn across the board. And we'll see what they do against the Bulldogs.
0: Talking to JMV from 93.5, 5, 107.5, the fan, before we, we we move on and talk some Colts, Florida Atlantic Owls. Yes. yes, That's FAU beating Tennessee. Um It's because you don't see them. You don't don't hear about them. Nobody is like the powerhouse of FAU, except they're 34-3. and And, dear Lord, they're in the Elite Eight. Tony, let me tell you this. We are all
1: owls. We were last night, and we will be tomorrow night. Here's why. Dusty May, their head coach, is a close friend of mine. And he's from my high school, Eastern Green in Greene County. Uh, We talk often. And this has been absolutely unbelievable to see him from Greene County, where I'm from, on the sideline coaching in the Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden was absolutely surreal. And if you watch the first half, his team struggled. They did struggle against Tennessee, but in the second half, you knock out a couple of threes, get a little bit of momentum, take Tennessee defensively out of what they're trying to do. That is a good, strong, quality team. But remember, for the sake of your good friend J.M.B. here, we are all owls this weekend for Dusty May, the pride of Eastern Green High School, Green County, Indiana, just like me.
0: Yeah, the Owls only had 22 points in the first half. It was 40 in the second half and holding uh, Tennessee to just 28. Um, When you see moves like this, when you see uh, games like this, like we've seen and um, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson takes out Purdue and the next thing you know, the coach of Fairleigh Dickinson, he's got himself a new gig. That is sometimes all it takes. A good showing in a tournament. One thing changes careers, changes trajectories. Is that insane, or is that just w- normal?
1: Well, I mean, especially for Purdue in the past two years, uh, because the way that they have played, or I guess we could more accurately state it, the way they have not played to their ability. You know, they helped, um, you know, they helped uh, Anderson get a gig uh, at Iona after Rick Pitino left. That's an upgrade. And then last year, Shaheen Holloway, who was the head coach at St. Peter's, who knocked off Purdue, upgraded his gig from St. Peter's in New Jersey to Seton Hall in the Big East in New Jersey. So the Boilermakers have been a part of this the past couple of years, and that's kind of a rite of passage. It really is. And the thing about it is, I think the longer that you go in this, these jobs start to disappear. So I'll give you the Dusty May angle. There were some jobs open. Georgia Tech was one, a couple of others. Uh, I think Ole Miss was open as well at some point in time. He's probably going to stay where he is twofold. Here's why. Uh, Because there probably won't be jobs available by the time his run is done. Hopefully not coming up tomorrow night but the other aspect of it is he has a team that is a lot of which going to be back uh it is a team that's going to be back going to come back is his expectation and he could be certainly inside the top 20 as predicted to start next year so there are a couple of different reasons why he may not get poached but one thing we have to watch is whether or not his players get poached from the transfer portal Maybe a Power 5 team comes at him, likes what they see in a player or two that he has. He plays a lot of guys, Tony. I mean, he goes 9 and 10 deep off of that bench. Maybe somebody gets poked and changes the dynamic, which is easily done today. But it looks like, Dusty, not just now, but for next year, down in Boca Raton, Florida, Florida Atlantic is sitting pretty nice.
0: Really quick, uh, just uh, let's get some predictions. Alabama, San Diego State, who do you got? i want to take Alabama with that. You got Creighton, you got Princeton. You're taking Princeton. You're taking Princeton uh, yeah. just for the drama.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I, I'd like to because obviously Alec Pierce's brother is a freshman, but I'll go ahead and I'll take. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and take Creighton with that. What are they? Nine and a half point favorites. I think. Oh, take, take it
0: doesn't Bears, matter. Yeah. You're taking Princeton just like I said. <laughs> Xavier, or Texas, which I think is the game of the night.
1: Uh, Texas. I have Texas going to the Final Four, so at least with this uh, Texas and Gonzaga, I got
0: to be half right. And Houston-Miami. Miami has uh, uh, been uh, rather successful in this run thus far. I think the health of Marcus
1: Sasser in Houston is a big key here. He looked really good last time out. I'm going to go ahead and take Kelvin Sampson's team ending the hurricane run later on tonight.
0: Let's bring it over to the Indianapolis Colts. Let's yeah. bring it over to the fact that we've we we signed a wide receiver. We've signed a kicker. um We've ripped some some things asunder, and we haven't answered the question of whether or not there's going to be any level of trade to that third pick in order to get a quarterback in 60 seconds or less. Where are the Colts getting ready for this draft? Um, I
1: still think they're going to be at number four, and I think Will Levis is going to be at number four until I hear otherwise, because this is if you remember what I told you back in October, and I'd heard that's who they liked, and I still believe that's who they like. And again, until I hear otherwise, today's a key day, Tony. Because down in Lexington, Kentucky, it is the Will Levis Pro Day. So there will be a bunch of Colts folks, a bunch of other folks down there to watch his Pro Day. Not so much about what he does athletically and throwing the football, but it's a lot about the interview process. But again, until I hear otherwise, proven otherwise, I'm going to say it's going to be Will Levis at number four, which will disappoint a lot of people around here, assumingly speaking, right now.
0: Are you one of those disappointed people?
1: I'm not on board with it, Tony. I'm on board with C.J. Stroud, but obviously that's, that's not going to happen. I think we've seen the reason why. But, no, I'm not, I'm not on board with it. I'm on board with the process of starting with a rookie and not trying to dig some veteran out of the closet here or anything like that. Even Gardner met you. But, uh, yeah, the, the Levis thing I still have some questions about, certainly. JMV,
0: ninety three five one zero seven five. The Fan. I appreciate taking the time to be with us on the dot hotline.